And in my opinion, El Gran Gordo has the potential to be the next Rey Mysterio. Isn't that right, El Gran Gordo? Hello, new Steve. that right hey. Huzzah. Oh, recording i did things right I, I i did good i'm happy with my things that i did hello new steve <laughs> hey well, well technically i am because he was there before me so as you might have gathered the real steve is not here tonight he's on his annual leave he's one podcast a year that he's allowed to take off so bless his cotton socks he's uh everyone gets one yeah, well, we, to be fair, we probably take more than one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so he's feet up and joined the United game, hopefully, and, you know, probably about five cans deep. Speaking of which, is there any other way to start a podcast? Hang on a sec. There we go. Please indulge. Uh, as you can also tell in the early stages, we're going to have very limited soundboard. So we yeah. heard a soundboard this week. So this is going to be a barrel of laughs. I pity <laughs> for Steve, who's still going to edit the show. Uh, he doesn't get a week off from being stupid, sexy producer. He's going to produce oh, yeah. the shit out Pro- of this. Producer is eternal. Mm-hmm. That is his job. Uh, so not much happened news-wise this week. I was looking through what was happening in the world, and there was fuck all happening in the world. Uh Khabib, did he miss weight for UFC tonight? He definitely missed weight. He 100% missed weight. It's a little bit dodgy. Insofar, it was very dodgy. I don't know, Reggie. They need that fight to take place, though. It's like the big fight that they've had for this whole series of events that they've been running the last couple of weeks. Hmm. So they needed this to take place one way or the other, um, no matter what the fuck was going to happen. So... Like th- those scales will reset very fast. They don't oh, let yeah. any cameras get a shot of that. Uh, uh, the, they got enough of a shot anyway. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Has Conor McGregor come in yet? On uh, his um, probably probably fucking. Although he's playing good, nice, nice boy again now that he has a fight in a couple of months, doesn't he? Yeah, he's playing nicely, nice. But at the same time, he's also uh, you know probably just working on recording a couple of ads for Proper Twelve to put out during the show tonight because he <laughs> he doesn't want me to do it though. Every time there's a, every time there's anything, any sort of a big event on, he always has to pop up with an ad for it because, you know, he knows that MMA fans will buy anything, even that piss. Oh, here we go. Tonight's <laughs> ESPN Fight Night is brought to you by Proper Number Twelve Irish Whiskey, the smoothest, the smoothest liquid gold in the world. <laughs> Good luck tonight, lads. You know what's waiting for you after. Um, Fuck. um a, a bottle of decent whiskey. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a good bottle of Jameson in the press I'll have that instead be grand I, I'm not going to lie I have a bottle of Southern Comfort I have a couple of uh, Smirnoff Ices and I have Blackcurrant so uh, Gordo's <laughs> getting a bit purple tonight lads Purple oh. Murray Jesus El Grande Gordo 
Uh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, oh God. How did you feel watching that live? Disgusted to a point where I, I, I don't know if you read it, Fitz, because I know you were avoiding spoilers um, at the time. But uh, at one stage, I had to open up my notes app and write my, <laughs> solemn, <laughs> my solemn sober farewell, which I would like to read out on the air as this will be my last week on the podcast. Oh, well, at least you got your uh, Vince McMahon money, you know? You got that payday. I fucking wish. What? You didn't get paid? Yeah, no, no, because you see, since we started the Twitch account, he's after actually taking money off me. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 will, I, will, I will read this. Uh, this brief apology. Well, well, uh, well, 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 let me give you the introduction before you give your thing. Meet the greatest high fly! <laughs> broke up. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. I tried. I'm no Steve. <laughs> Um, yeah, but a solemn sober farewell to all my loyal fans. Unfortunately, in light of recent events, I have been forced to make the tough decision to step down from my position as clutch master on the alleged wrestling podcast. I love my role in the podcast and has brought me many fond memories over the past three years. But I'm afraid that given the well-documented events of Monday night, I feel that I need to put my own well-being and the well-being of the podcast first and step aside. I hope you continue to support the show and the guys. And I'm sure someday we will indulge in libations together once more. Cheers, El Gran Gordo. R.I.P. Yep. So, um, yep. So, I wish you the best of luck after this week, lads. You're going to have to come on without me. Um, I'm, I'm going back under the mask. You got a professional wrestling career to go today. Yeah. Like. Well, see, people, people didn't care who I was until I put on the mask. So, yeah. you know, full, full on bane with that shit. But uh, no, it was, I just... <laughs> You I really embraced embrace the light. They were born into it. Yeah, fucking pricks. <laughs> but, uh, no, it all joking aside, I, I was pissed off watching it for a different reason because it just, it was the second instance of them just shitting on the brand split in the very first show after the brand split. Do you know what? I, I, um, I didn't hate that aspect of it. Like, don't get me wrong. You don't really want to do it so blatantly, obviously, straight away. But I think the fact that, you know, they gave him a new name and they put him under a mask, it was kind of a piss take of itself, which a parody of itself almost. So I'm OK with it. The other one, the uh, the riot squad. Mm, no, there was no yeah. excuse for that. No. Well, yeah, it was it was more the fact that it was two of them. I think they doubled down on it and just fuck that shit. Yeah, like mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded uh, your debut as much because, you know, it was a different character. It's not it's there's a no different shark. Before. It's a different I shark. Believe, I cannot believe this has been called my debut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the other one just made no sense. Like, sure, that that title is cross promotion, but they're not the champions, so they don't get to do the cross promotion thing. Only the champions do. Ah, uh, but they have the superstar shake off wild card rule, invitational rule that they can come over every so often. Was that part of the wild card? They, they, they didn't mention the wild card invitational memorial transfer once a year thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, debt, debt, debt to this. Uh, brand split is dead already. It's only been one show, so hooray. I did I like did. Owens calling out on, on SmackDown. He's basically at the start. He's like, are we done now? Or this is this is it? All the, the other things are sorted? This is it? Are people, they, they, they where supposed to be? Yeah. Oh, literally, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to bring that up. I was very happy Kevin Owens said that. That was, you know, finger on the pulse. That was definitely not scripted for him to say. Like, no. he definitely went off his own bat and said that. That whole segment between him and Brian seemed quite off the bat in general. Yes. I, I yes. like the idea of Kevin Owens being essentially WWE's Deadpool, the Fort Wall, excuse me, the Fort Wall Breaker kind of just 
kind of talking smart stuff as if he's actually having a chat with the fans down the camera about making mm. these smart arse points. I like the idea that he'd done it a couple of years ago and it just felt right having that sort of a character on screen. Then it went away. So I'm kind of happy that he's getting back into doing True. more of that stuff again. It's just something a bit different that makes him stand out a bit. So. Plus the fact that he's, you know, actually active on social media, engaging with fans as well. So he he's getting it live kind of feedback that way and he's yeah. embracing it and kind of interacting with it. So, you know, a lot of these people probably don't even look into their own Twitter accounts. They probably don't see the genuine feedback yeah. that people are seeing. So it's, you know, Seth Rollins is a prime example. He's, you know, finger so far away from the pulse, he might as well be dead kind of a scenario. Oh, 100%. Oh, good Lord. What the fuck was that fucking keeper doing? I just saw, sorry, I was just looking to keep an eye and see if Conor McGregor tweets out it, and that's stupid, but I saw Mendy trying to play a back pass across his own goal from around about four yards out, and uh, he manages to put it out for a corner on the far side of the goal. Hmm. That, I, was, I think it was Mendy. Whoever's in goal for Chelsea, it's a really bad quality video. But, uh, yeah, it's Mendy, alright. It's Mendy. Yeah, good Lord. Terrible. Fucking terrible. Hmm. But, um, uh, and apparently Raw went as planned this week, so there's no late rewrites because when I saw Raw Tuesday night, I think I got to it eventually, or maybe Wednesday, I watched it and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a fucking butcher fire here. Like This shit had to have been written on the back of a cigarette packet 10 minutes before the show went on. But no, apparently the everything that happened on the show was planned and signed off as uh, late as Sunday afternoon, so a full 24 hours at least before the show happened. This yeah. was planned to happen. Madness. That's not, that's not good. That's not good because this was a bad show. This was a very, very bad show. So what did you have on this show? You had, first, you had the brand split broken already by the right squad and Gordo's debut. Fuck off. You had Retribution getting buried. A yeah, la that was, Nexus. That was stupid. Um, so, sad. so sad. You had Ascalana. God, that was terrible. Please die already. And... Um, Oh, there was just so much bad. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. Oh, I'm done with that. That's... It needs to end. This needs at least it's in a hell of a cell. This normally an ender of a feud. So I'm okay with. I'm okay knowing that this is the end of it, one way or the other. I hope. Yeah, uh, I can see Orton coming out with it, but we'll get into that in predictions later. Yeah, um, yeah we have two predictions. AJ now is a big black man. Oh, he a very big, very large gentleman. He is quite large. He makes Alan James Cuthbert Styles look like a tiny little chihuahua in the ring. Big Jordan. Like the, 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 the alive Jordan. Antox. Antox just got to drop the name. Yeah, Jordan o- Omega Bean, I think it is. I can't remember. They, they, the announcers did not say it once. It came up on the nameplate when AJ was coming out. It says name. And the announcers just called him this guy. This big this man. Big, this big man. Oh, Jesus. Adox is full of all the stats. He gives the pronunciation and everything. That's why we call him Stats Talk, man. Essentially, I'm just going to call him Big Jordan. <laughs> we have Big Jordan and Ghost Jordan. That's how we're looking at this now. Um, fuck off. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really weird. Because I saw a, a, a meme online of AJ coming out with this guy. And obviously, they changed the meme to make AJ even smaller. Just for dramatic effect, obviously. And I thought, Jesus, that's that's a funny meme. And then I was thinking, yeah, sure, he's the big guy off of the security for Raw Underground. He was a big guy there. Then when he came out, I was like, oh, maybe that meme wasn't actually fake. Maybe that was a genuine thing. <laughs> because my God, when they were standing in the ring together, AJ, my God, he looked like a midget. That meme, as far as I know, AJ has it as his is it his Instagram or his Twitch? 
He has it up on one of his accounts. He actually had it as the profile picture for a couple of days. My God. Yeah. He, if he uh, can wrestle, he's going to make money. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Malcolm Bevins or Stokely Hathaway or whatever his name is now. Uh, was managing him for a while when he was um, back down the next Florida loop. Yeah. Um, okay. And apparently for for what little kind of experience he had, apparently a lot of people were really impressed with him. So I'm interested to see what he can do. If you have a guy like that, if he's in any way athletic, with some of the smaller guys they have there, like who are able to carry big man, little man matches, you could see some really interesting ones. And big man, little man matches aren't really done. That whole chopping people down sort of a thing. They're not really done that much anymore. But um, actually, one of the best people for it is AJ. AJ against Kevin Nash mm. was one of the best big man, little man matches. And that's saying something because it was TNA, Kevin Nash. And if yeah. you want to watch it, TNA have made their back catalogue free this weekend. Yep. Um, yeah, it's... Which definitely, if people are wanting to see, like, we always throw it out there. The, the good days of TNA. The good days of it. <laughs> Daniels, Joe, Styles. One of the greatest wrestling matches. And just that whole story and all their matches down through that feuds were just, oh, I don't have enough veins to hook them up. Um, Joey Samoe. Joey Samoe. Ult- again, Ultimate X matches. Elevation. Was it Elevation X was the other one? Where they were the X Division in general for like mm, yeah. an age. Um, yeah. I, just, even, I even used to watch TNA back in the day. Yeah. That's 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 that'll show you now a lot because I used to not watch a lot of wrestling, but I used to watch that. It was so different, uh, and I, I know we kind of we referenced it when we were going on about with AEW do stuff differently before they started, and the six sided ring was something you kind of hinted would they go that route. Hmm. The six sided ring made such a big difference in making TNA stand out. Big time. Um, as soon as you saw it, you're like, oh, this is different. Okay. And then along came Hulk Hogan and ruined everything. Oh, let me tell you something, brother. But that's what he does. He goes places, he makes things worse. Well, yeah, yeah. Although there was all those worries about him with some of the tweets he put out last week. So hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Well, he is a very old man as well. He's, he's what, 70 something now? Easily, yeah, he's very, very old wooden ship. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, what else stood out on Raw for you that was being terrible this week? All of it. He's, he's only 67, actually. He shares a birthday with me. Hmm. Does the Hulkster. Keith Lee got his first loss on TV. Oh, God, Lord. The, the, the fucking kicking the bollocks. And the, uh, yeah. yeah, no, debt. Debt to this, too. This is terrible. I don't... Why are they booking this? I don't like, that's know. That's gen- an open question for anyone. I, I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely curious why they're actually booking this. No, yeah. <sighs> Rian just supposed to say he's getting a new team. Geekly, God, I hope. that's what pisses me off the most. I think about it. Just whatever his music, you know, it comes in the good intro and then into the shite generic. Crap. Mm. That's what's annoying me the most about Keatley up in the main roster at the moment. It's just that. Like, Past game is glory. Yeah, he, apparently he's been um, recording lyrics himself, so he's going to be doing the vocals for it. So that's promising because, to be fair, even his indie theme was class that he had done himself and his NXT team that he collaborated, I think, with uh, CFO Dollar Sign. Mm. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think yeah. he did. I think he did the vocals for it, right? Yeah, it's just fucking let the man do his thing. Fucking take off that stupid singlet thing that you're making him wear as well. Let Keith Lee be Keith Lee. That's why yeah. he got over as much, because he's something that people haven't seen before. And since he's been on the main roster, since he came onto Raw, they've genericified him more than anyone in the history of the company, I would say. You know, let people be different. That's what people get interested in. There's so much of the same on the main roster shows. Anything that stands out is a good thing. 100%. No, can't argue. And 
and I watched back for SmackDown from last week. You were right. The the Strowman Lesnar or the Strowman Reigns match was was top dollar, and the yeah, way it went off the air was class. Um, we'll get into it more at SmackDown, I suppose. But Raw and Hills, Jeff Hardy and Elias, meh, very meh, very meh. I like the storyline that they're going with that Elias doesn't believe Jeff Hardy didn't try run him over. Uh, there's a little bit of long term storytelling there, so they could tell a story out of it. I presume they're going to bring in Sheamus into it as well, and but then Elias is heel and Sheamus is heel, so I don't really understand. Should they love heels facing off against each other? Did not see the entire opening segment. We'll say the whole opening segment was all of the heels <sighs> in one segment. So yeah, the opening segment. Let's go there. So we had the Fiend come out with Alexa Bliss, then Retribution came out and swarmed them, and just as they were about to attack, the Fiend and Bliss disappeared. What hurts then the, the hurt. Business came out and attacked Retribution and beat them in a match. And it wasn't even the fact that they beat Retribution in a match that annoyed me the most. It annoyed me greatly. But the thing that annoyed me the most was who took the pin. My boy, my boy T Bar. Yeah, the main guy. The, You've the, got the Slapjack pin. there to be slapped around. Use him. <laughs> Quite literally. Like you, every group should have that person that can take the pin. You know, if you're looking at Dark Order in AEW, you look at fucking Alex Reynolds or fucking uh, John Silver, you know, well, Reed, Alex, Reynolds has, Alex, Alex Reynolds has to be conscious in order to fucking take the pin, doesn't he? <laughs> well, hey, uh, we'll get to that later. That was that was a dangerous and scary moment. But, you know, every group should have the Fall Guy, effectively. Fall and, Guys? <laughs> fall Guys. We play Fall Guys. Oh, choose your words wisely, Fitz. Choose your words <laughs> wisely. Uh, every, guy, every group should have a person that can take the pin. And yeah. T-Bar should the, not... The Yoshihashi of the group. Yes. <laughs> Quite literally. But T-Bar, he was the guy that was, you know, the front and center of the group. He was the, the big guy, the muscle guy, the guy that you're supposed to be afraid of the most. And he's the one that eats the pin. Fuck yeah. off. Why are you making something that people should be interested in? Absolutely shit and dog shit on TV to the point of where the guys individually have to try save it on Twitter. And kind of keep a level of interest for people, only for it to be hammered home that no, you should not be enjoying this. How dare you be enjoying this? We're going to take that enjoyment off you. Yep. yep. Is is this the whole fucking Zack Ryder getting over on his own moment again? But one hundred percent. Problem was that they didn't even have to do the backstage promo afterwards, where Ali is there and nearly tried to save it. And I thought it was a really good promo. It was good, yeah. I thought it was quality. It's it's as close as we're going to get to his alleyway promos, I think, which is a shame because they were amazing. Um. But yeah, these sort of nearly boiler room esque promos from him are like really good promo, really strong. But it followed up them being bitched out. Mm-hmm. So unless they come back absolutely firing and fucking lay out everyone over the next couple of weeks, which now has to include the fiend for some. Yeah, I don't get the in- including him in this storyline at all. It makes no sense. No, it's. I get he's the only face character in the storyline now at this point, but still, it makes absolutely zero sense because yeah. they're treating him as a face despite the character very much not being a face. Yeah, so I don't. I just I don't get it. Um, look, we say it many times we want nothing but fucking we want nothing but success for pretty much everyone who's in retribution. I think we're big fans of most of them. Interested to see what certain ones of them do, but yeah, want to see them do well, but. Good lord, are they being hamstrung already? And they're not even fucking properly out the gate yet. So this Nexus is going to be two point Yeah, it's who's going to get the rub off them? If if Cena got the rub from defeating Nexus, who's going to get the rub from defeating Retribution? Fuck please, off! Nick. Please stop playing that clip because it keeps breaking. 
the first one is fine, not that one. Uh, but no, like genuinely, who's going to get the the benefit? Is hurt business? They don't really need it, or Lashley. I don't think they could benefit from it. They'll be they'll use it to propel Lashley up to a main event spot. The fiend, maybe. I see. That... If, if fiend, fiend or Lashley are the only two I see. <sighs> Jesus, and I There's, don't like, want the, either of them. Like, if you you could arguably say that all of those people are heels, you know, hurt business, retribution, and the fiend. They're potentially all heels, depending yep. on your perspective of the story going. <laughs> Uh, we could have bring up Undisputed Era. So they're already dead. Well, uh, yeah. they're, they're dead. They're dead thanks to Pat McAfee, of all people. <laughs> uh, so I, will we wrap it there and just say that they're, yeah. they're shitting on Retribution and they're dead in the water? Or can they be saved? I think there's enough talent in there that I hope they can save themselves. But they're fighting. They're fighting against a horrendously inept booking team there. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's it's painful though because, like you said, Ali's promo on Raw was fantastic. Yeah. The sm- the, even the the way they tied in the hacker thing, even and they had they sh- to do that. <laughs> that was long overdue. Yeah, you say that, but what's in the lockbox, Nick? Ah, oh, the fucking lockbox. A shade man needs something else to do now that he doesn't have Raw Underground anymore. So maybe he can finally find out what's in the lockbox. He'll dig, he'll dig up the lockbox. Yeah. Lockbox. Old man Steve really needs to find out what's in that lockbox. So, um, oof, oof. the women's the women's tag match. Do we want to talk about that? No, <laughs> no, we're good. Okay, moving along. Uh, go to SmackDown. I suppose keep it on the main roster for now. I've only seen a ha- the first like twenty five minutes, half an okay. hour of SmackDown. I saw to the fir- end of the first Law and Otis segment. Before yeah. we even get into it, Nick, are you a very happy man right now? 2020 is saved. <laughs> <laughs> Great year. I don't know what I got with This year has been fantastic now because of what happened on SmackDown. Wax lyrical about it. So my worst thing from 2019 was I just literally gave it Shorty G in general. Just the character, the fact that they made Chad Gable into Shorty G. Uh, that was my worst thing from last year. Overall, topped everything else. And today, today I say today, last night, they fixed it. Shorty G has renounced the Shorty genus and he's back to being Chad Gable again. The Olympic wrestler, Chad Gable. And as if that wasn't, you know, good enough and it's fantastic. Shorty G should die in a blaze of flames and misery. But the way they're doing it is the way that it should have been done as well. So they're actually making him out to be a a pissed off character, being fed up of having to put up with the shit that he's had to put up with. So it's it's making him relevant. It's making it, it, him interesting. My only worry is that Vince thinks that now he's going to be a heel because he didn't like, want to do Shorty G. <laughs> I know, yeah. Whereas now actually people are all even more behind him. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, please don't do that. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be Becky all over again. <laughs> they tried. Hopefully it'll work out the same as Becky where they'll cop on after a couple of weeks and make the switch. But... The problem is they don't have crowds. So all of yeah, it's true. Doing. So... But you can see the thumbs up and the, 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 the boo, the thumbs down <laughs> and the, the Thunderdome faithful. Every, everyone doing like nearly yes chants or whatever. <laughs> just all you hear is boo and everyone go fucking nuts. Uh, the audio on SmackDown this week for the Thunderdome audience crowd was shocking bad as well. Yep. It was it was delayed as well. It was just it was everything about it was bad. To be honest with you, I think 
just the audio experience. I think you're absolutely right. Um, did anyone have a freak counter this week? I, didn't I see any the actual match itself, like bell to bell. Mm. Three. It was much. I was actually impressed because I counted during the bell. I forgot any entrance. They did a few in the entrance and they did a few after. But the actual bell to bell, there was only three freaks dropped. Uh, plus the name of the finisher, which I'm not. It didn't count. So three besides the name of the finisher. That's not too bad. Yeah, I I had heard that. Oh, what's the rest of the counter? Eleven. <laughs> Eleven total. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Who shared that? Rian, well done. Fair play to you. You're not the worst today. Uh, just most days, but not today. Um, John Silver is the worst. Uh, <laughs> and that's how Gordo gets cancelled. It's okay. He's got a new career to worry about. Yeah, I, I need to get myself cancelled. I'm off the pod after this week anyway. So I presume my <laughs> dream of being a Lucidor who does absolutely no high-flying offense. I, um, I saw a headline on my email come true from Fightful uh, with an update on uh, shortage Jad Gable. I didn't click into it because I hadn't seen SmackDown at this stage. I was like, oh, fuck, what happened to him? I just assumed that he got an injury of sorts. Then I saw the match was announced and I was like, oh God, he's in a match with Larry Sullivan. Oh fuck, what did Larry Sullivan do to him? That's Larry Sullivan done now. And the match happened. I was like, okay, nothing happened. I quit. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and it was good. Apparently this was planned for quite a while. And the they actually had a recording done a few weeks ago, a segment filmed a few weeks ago where they dropped the Shorty G gimmick, but it ended up getting cut due to time and was only picked up this week again. So... They, yeah, they've actually done it quite well. Apparently, Drew Gulak was actually in that segment they had pre-recorded. Um, oh God! So that's good. Good Gulak and and but, fucking not Shorty G. But they had to get rid of it because Gulak is on Raw now. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. So that's that's why they went with what they did on SmackDown because they had to they couldn't use the recorded segment because mm. there was someone who was on another brand. So yeah, they don't want to you know blur the lines between the no, two yeah. brands. Wouldn't want to do anything like that. Like no. this. I know you want it. <laughs> <laughs> please 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 stop um smackdown this week so that was actually quite enjoyed smackdown overall as a show the opening like you said between uh kevin owens hosting the kevin owens show with daniel bryan very entertaining the two of them talking about the new stars coming through on the show i think they name dropped a few but um bianca belair was one Um, she had a match on the show with lena vega killed her in about two minutes flat it really showed how much they shouldn't have given Vega offense against Asuka about yeah. three weeks ago three four weeks ago she's different show though different shark true Zelina hasn't uh, been on like wrestling properly in years so I mean it takes a while to get back in so she she was always alright in TNA so I reckon she'll pick it back up well, after a while she's she's a good wrestler she, she I, I i put her in the spot of kind of like a Dolph ziggler where she'll make the person she's wrestling look great because she takes moves very well and that is not a euphemism and she'll eventually um, win the money in the bank briefcase and be handed two titles and then end up actually winning the title due to money in the bank cash in and then they can refer to her as a former women's champ every time that she comes out <laughs> hmm. leave that one alone uh, but no I, it, Bianca Belair it was a great Smackdown debut for her because you know gets her over as being this strong person but it was the match that we've seen on Raw what three times in April or May could they not have given her any, literally anyone else on Smackdown even bringing in an enhancement talent for the match but the enhancement talent wasn't after getting drafted <laughs> enhancement talent doesn't need to be drafted Gordo that's the beautiful thing about it but- but the draft, though. The draft? The draft. My God, the draft. My God, the draft. <laughs> God, damn it. Uh, 
who else was mentioned on that call out by Daniel Bryan? I think um, Apollo Cruz was one. Yeah, Jay Uso. Um, I haven't seen any of the Uso stuff that happened on SmackDown yet. I'm assuming it was Fire hmm. AF, as the kids say. Yeah. So if I, what happened after the, the first match, our first segment was it was an eight man tag. Uh, between Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and the Street Profits versus Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. Fun that match. match was quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shockingly, there was an eight-man tag after we came back from break, after there was oh eight people brawling. Well, holla, well holla. Adam Pearce for making it official during the commercial break. <laughs> it's like you watch the show, Gordo. It's like you watch the show. One. I saw that one. Uh, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan had a nice backstage moment because uh, Brian in the interview with Kevin Owens said that he feels that a championship should be defended on the show every week, a la an open challenge or something like that, and didn't specifically call out the Intercontinental Champion, Dan- or Sami Zayn per se, but he said it should be the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn took offense to that and had a nice little segment, so they're going to have some sort of a feud. Mm-hmm. Okay um, okay with that. Daniel's up. How did Daniel Bryan get into his gear? Uh, he ran backstage and got changed. Yeah, they they called it. They said it on commentary, and he was he wasn't there in the Ray Gabriel when the match started. Yeah, he actually was actually missing for the first minute or so when they came back from break. He actually ran backstairs and got changed. Actual logic. It's I nice know, right? when it happens. It's amazing. He was also mad to get fisted after the match. <laughs> I know. I was I was so upset that we gave Steve today off because I know he would have had that clipped. Oh yeah. Um, Steve, when you're listening to this back in editing, uh, make sure you clip that for future reference because it will be needed. Fist yeah. me, guys. Fist me. <laughs> no, no, Gordo. No one's going to fist you. Well, um, Bailey and Sasha. I liked this because it made sense. There was so much things on SmackDown that made sense that I'm completely shocked by because it's WWE main roster stuff and things on WWE main roster don't ever make sense. So Sasha came out and demanded that Bailey sign a contract for the match at Hell in a Cell and Bailey being the kind of, uh, selfish heel didn't want to do it for obvious reasons because she doesn't want to lose the title blah 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 they have verbal back and forth get into fisticuffs and sasha puts bailey's head through a chair because you know that's how things work and effectively puts her in a form of a, a neck lock or i don't know what you call it a headlock through the chair and says the only way she's going to get her goal is she signs a contract bailey signs the contract makes absolute sense yeah simple it really does. effective yep. that's all you need and the, the heel champion not wanting to defend the title and actually just not signing the contract. That hasn't really been done before, which it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it's basic. You know, these things are the, the fundamentals of anything. Do the basics right and you're, you've already won. Anything yeah. on top of basics is gravy. And we all like gravy, but we all like the basics done right too. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Please stop. Um... So Gordo, you you said you caught up on um, Otis and Miz. Uh, I saw the first clip of it. That's about oh, as far as I got. Um, it goes further. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling I know where it goes. I'm assuming there's a match because this is a go home for a pay per view. So I'm assuming there's a match for the for the briefcase. So it's on YouTube. You've you've already seen, so I won't go into too much details. But effectively, JBL is the judge. Ron Simmons is there. Teddy Long is there for some reason. God only knows why and he comes down to it and JBL's about to give his verdict and he's effectively saying, you know, Otis won money in the bank, therefore he deserves to keep the briefcase. But before he gives that announcement, uh, Miz objects and says he wants to introduce one more piece of evidence into the case 
and he hands a briefcase to Ron Simmons, who gives it to the judge, JBL. JBL opens it. You hear the dollar signs, cha-ching. And then JBL announces that there will be a match at Hell in a Cell between Otis and The Miz, and the winner will be Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah. Someone involved in WWE handed a briefcase to someone in a political power and something went away. Yeah. Oh, dark Side of the Ring. There's a Dark Side of the Ring episode coming out of this, lads. <laughs> it, it already happened. Jimmy Snooker. Oh, I know we're going to have one about that, the Otis. That's what I was referencing. Yeah. We're going to have the Otis. Well, that and potentially all the Florida shenanigans around the COVID this year as well. How those complaints and then they magically... No, no, WWE is fine. They're fine. They, they're they're an elite sport. They can go ahead with it. Vince has. Uh, oh, there there have been many. There have been many briefcases in wrestling capacities. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Fuck yeah. it. And the Miz didn't even get his briefcase back. After, after giving the evidence to the judge, he didn't even get his briefcase back. Like that's disgraceful. Yeah, it could be an expensive briefcase too. Yeah. But yeah, ah, look, fuck rich it. mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Seth Rollins, Murphy, that happened. Was it you at know. least a decent match? Do I need to watch it or can I skip it? You can skip. It was basic. Murphy was good. Murphy's so like fuck. He did. Seth Rollins is just slow. I, I can't enjoy any Seth Rollins matches lately. Murphy's great. I, I You'd watch Murphy fucking wrestle a cardboard box and you'd be entertained. Yeah. But effectively what happens is breaks down and Seth Rollins wins with Stomp. And uh, meanwhile, this match is going on. You see Aaliyah backstage watching and Rey Mysterio and Dominic are there beside her. After the match, Rollins is effectively berating Murphy and saying that, you know, Rollins is the Messiah. Murphy is the disciple and get in line sort of a thing. And he's starting to beat him down. And Aaliyah is pleading with Rey and Dominic to go out and help Murphy. And obviously they're not because Murphy's an evil bastard man who did evil bastard man things to his family. So they weren't going to do it. So Aaliyah said, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And she goes out and tries to stop Seth Rollins. And she has a kendo stick at this point, as it's tradition in this feud. And Seth backs off, to be fair. But then Dominic comes out and kind of attacks Seth. And they attack each other and breaks down anyway. And Seth Rollins runs away like a scaredy little cat. And Aaliyah kind of comforts Murphy and helps him up while... Mysterio and Dominic look on and was like, oh, there's trouble there. So yeah, they're 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 doing 13 it. year difference is fine, right? They're well, doing it. Is okay. she the same age is she the same age that Kelly Kelly was when she was walking around in her fucking knickers? So fair point. But it's a different age, Gordo, different age. There's 13 years between my parents, so I can't say anything about this angle. And they got married and they probably met around the same time as this, age wise. So yeah. I know it's a different age, but I'm I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, same. It's like fuck. It's just it's TV, lads. You know, TV. What Over. happens between two consenting adults? As long as it's legal, none of your business. Yeah, but speak. To, but like, what if she was to turn around in a couple of years and speak out? Controversial. Two two consenting adults, Gordo. That's what I said. Two consenting I, I, adults. I, I, I wouldn't know anything about that. So. Conducting in legal behavior, none of my business. Yep. And I will say that for on-screen and off-screen stuff. It's simple stuff, lads. Yep, 100%. To be fair, SRS says that the whole time on his podcast. He's bang on. Yep. Um, who are we to judge what people like? You know, Gordo yep. likes many weird things. We're not going to judge him for it. 
no comment. Look, they they ask me if I can put on the mask. Okay. <laughs> it's called a double bagger, in case one falls off. Hey. Uh, Roman thing. Reigns, Jey Uso. That's happening this weekend. Yay. I'm looking Yay. forward to it. I I'm think it's going to be an absolute annihilation. I'm very much looking forward to it. So this was great. Um, this is a fantastic promo. It closes out the show. Uh, Reigns comes out to the ring effectively, and you see uh, Uso backstage in Reigns' locker room, and he's effectively delivering a promo. But he's wearing kind of a face covering and he pulls it down and it's not Jay. Oh my God, it's Jimmy. Jimmy's back. Twin and magic. He t- and he tells Roman to turn around and there's Jay and they fight. They break down and, you know, they, they get beat down each other and they go away. And then Reigns gets on the mic and says, you know, if we clash at Hell in a Cell and if you beat me, if you make me quit, then, you know, I'm not the head of the family anymore and, you know, I can live with that. But can you live with it if you win? Then you'll have to be the head of the family. But if you lose, Jay, then you need to accept me as your tribal chief. You need to accept me as the head of the family. And if you don't accept me as the head of the family, then you are out of the family. Your brother's out of your family. Your brother's wife's out of the family. Your wife's out of the family. Your kids are out of the family. Your kids' kids are out of the family. For three months. So, you know, they're they're putting stakes into this match and steak? fucking I love steak. So give Omaha me all steak. the stakes for this match. Mm. Omaha Steaks, Jericho, promo code, 25% off. There you go. I'm all in for this match. This I'm shocked that I'm interested in this because on the surface, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso should not be interesting. Remember when Jey Uso won that match originally to get the title shot against Roman Reigns? We're like, what? Mm. But they have done wonders with the storyline. Shows when people give a shit about a storyline, and obviously these people, two guys, have known each other forever. Mm. Um, like it just it, it can really work when they try. Yeah, Why don't they try with other things. But it's it's like those things, you know. We were critical. Ooh, that's nice. Number two. Oh. But you know when they brought out the Jeff Hardy, um substance issues earlier in the year with Seamus oh, yeah. and everyone was like oh yeah but it, it's blurring the lines between what's real and what's not real good um, which is good I didn't like it because it was emphasizing things that really shouldn't be in the public eye too much but what I like about the Reigns and Jey Uso storyline is that fact it is real and it's blurring the lines but there's no negativity to it there's no you know things that you don't really want out in the public so it's blurring the lines, but it's blurring the lines for all the right reasons. And when you do that and you get, and like Nick said, when you've got two guys who are giving a fuck about the storyline, it makes things so much more interesting. And, you know, this, we all kind of assume, and we'll spoil it for the predictions later, but Reigns is going to win. But what happens then with Jay? Will he turn and side with Roman? Or what will happen then is kind of, that's what everyone wa- will want to see. It's not necessarily the match, but it's the consequences of the match. Um, I don't know. I presume this is probably going to main event the show. I'd imagine it will, yeah. It better, because like to be fair, if it's this, if it's not this, then it's either Sasha Bailey or uh, Drew true, true. and Orton. And like Sasha Bailey could be great. Rome Sasha Nar- Bailey, like for a, a bit of Sasha Bailey to main event, I'd agree it probably main event if we had another baby month or two of build after the turn. Yeah. I think it's too soon to have it like main event and be the big blow off first. So I don't think it's going to. 
Yeah, no, fuck that. And Orton and Drew just needs to die already. That If that closes the show, it will have the literal booze of millions of people around the world watching it. But yeah. not on screen, because Thunderdome. That's the main thing. Uh, so let's go into predictions, I suppose, while we're talking main roster stuff. Um, yeah. So only five matches announced so far? That's all that's announced, yeah. So I'm guessing more will be announced before the show anyway. Um, Otis first Miz money to bank contract. What do you think, Nick? I reckon you keep Otis to have it. I, I, I think I know that the I don't know. I'm conflicted as well though because I think of, of this whole storyline if it Otis just wins, it's kind of like, eh, what was the whole point of this? Yeah, I think that I think there has to be some sort of a mm. reason and point for doing it. So I think, uh, I think Miz, but if Otis retains, Otis is cashing in. Ooh. You could have Jay win and then Otis cash in on Otis Jay. Cashes in on him. Oh, that's very messy. It yeah. is, isn't it? But it's exactly I, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say Otis. Just to I yeah. I'm gonna say Miz. I will also go Miz. I think it's it was I always said it was wrong to give it to Otis for the simple reason that you it's hard to bring Otis into a storyline. You know, it's it's not like he's a, a serious wrestler and he could win a championship on his own right just through normal logical booking and 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 so on and so forth but the Miz as sneaky heel winning it this way makes more sense and kind of makes him a bit more interesting so I, I i'd like it from that point of view if otis does win he better do something original with it but yeah. he's done nothing with it so far and i, I don't really he made box. a lunchbox I repeat, he's done nothing with it so far. <laughs> I just don't see him doing anything with it. So I, I, I'll leave it at that. But I I, I, yeah, I think I, the Miz, I, there's more upside in Miz having it, I think. Yeah, I reckon Miz probably will. But just because Otis is uh, my boy, I love Otis. I'm going Otis. Ooh, Antox with a great point there. He, he says the Miz to win it and he cashes in on Drew at Survivor Series 10 years apart from when he won it originally. Wasn't there a thing it's for your own brand you're allowed to challenge for? I think they nah, made that the disclaimer. More, it, it's more guidelines than actual rules. <laughs> now, when you say rules, Nick, do, do you think that WWE followed their own rules? Fair point. Uh, moving on, Elias and Jeff Hardy. Elias. You can't have... The, if Jeff wins, the feud's over straight away. You need Elias oh, yeah, to win here. Antox with a shout-out. She misses on Raw now. Yeah. Oh, was, oh he is. Yeah, so Drew would be his. So it would be his, oh, yeah. Shows, that's that's a good way to get it off the whole someone having to cash in on Roman. Mm-hmm. I'm changing where I picked the Miz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy Elias, you're saying uh, Eli- or Jeff, Elias. Uh, you're saying Elias. Elias. Okay, Elias. I think Elias is just back, get a bit of momentum onto him. It makes sense. Having him going over someone like Hardy as well. It's a big so, win for him. So Jeff Hardy's Elias. winning, yeah. It'll probably be Jeff, but no, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Elias. I Elias via shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> and he also has his new album coming out on Monday, so it makes sense for him to win. Okay, uh, next up is Bailey and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha, it has to be boss time. A man, uh, a Mandalorian is coming out next week. Yeah. Sasha's winning that title. Uh, I'm torn. And not the Natalie, Natalie and Brulia torn here. Oh God, flashbacks! And not the only we can. No, see, there's there's two aspects of this storyline that I'm most interested in. One is Sasha getting retribution, not the group, the actual term retribution on Bailey, and taking the belt from her. That's one side of it. 
probably more interested in the other side of the story of, okay, Sasha has never successfully defended a belt. She needs to win it first before she can try to successfully. Exactly. Exactly. So the fact that, you know, her successfully retaining the belt against Bailey should be the crowning moment of this feud. I think that happens at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know how you drag it from here to there, but in my logic, I have Bailey win this through sneaky heel tactics of some sorts. And Sasha either winning at the likes of Elimination Chamber. She wins the Rumble. Wins the Rumble. No, because then that just takes the belt off of Bailey. Sasha, Sasha loses here, yeah, but she ends up captaining Team SmackDown to winning the Women's Survivor Series match. The one night of the year where Raw and SmackDown and NXT go head to head to head. That's mine on you, bitch. Uh, and as a result of that, because she like overcomes ridiculous odds, so WWE official Adam Pearce and the Fox executives decided that her winning and such a crowning moment for SmackDown means she deserves a title opportunity at whatever the next pay-per-view after Survivor Series is, and she beats Bailey in that one. Uh, oh yeah, she beats Bailey for the title at the Rumble. Whoever wins the Rumble cashes in on the Raw champ, and we get Bailey versus Sasha at Mania again, and Sasha retains. If you want, makes, go yeah, way. yeah. But like it, like we can say, I agree with what Fitz is saying. Like I'd have Bailey win here and continue on, and we continue the feud and have Sasha later on win it because drag it out. And I agree that's a hundred percent the way to go if the Mandalorian featuring Sasha Banks doesn't come out next week. Yeah, and that's what they care about. Yeah, I hate that. That's a thing. You know, not that she's in the Mandalorian. All for her for that. But I hate that creative gets skewed because of outside events like this where they're like okay they're doing this then clearly we need to book certain things that way no you you you, you stick to what your storyline you you tell the best story you can tell regardless of what's happening yeah. because that enhances everything and i think bailey retaining here is best for this story oh it is well, but bad lorry comes out next week and sasha banks is the bad lorry <laughs> okay nail uh nail in time who we got sasha sasha i'm going bailey that'll be an interesting one uh, chat Rian says Sasha gets uh, very injured in this match and is number 13 in the Rumble. Sasha gets incap Jesus, you're spelling incapacitated. Terrible. I think is what he's going good, good thing he's not a journalist or anything like that. Uh, gets incapacitated by uh, Ewok and is out for four months. Ewok runs in and Hell in a Cell. Bailey wins. Oh, god, I, I'm regretting reading that already. Uh, Antox is saying Bailey. Um, anyone else feel free to pop in your uh, predictions in the chat as well. Main event time? No, it's not going to be main event time. It better not be main event. If this is main event, I'll be pissed. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Who you got? Randy. I think Randy. I think Randy, but I want it to be Drew. Yeah, I think Drew should win in that, like, he's had a good run over the summer, kept kept it going, and they have plenty of storylines they haven't touched with him, especially with uh, more people after coming over. Having the, so many matches, Randy needs to get one of these. Yeah. But the problem is, if Randy wins, and I know they've on screen got rid of the rematch, but in reality, if Randy wins, then this feud continues. Unless you take McIntyre off screen for a few months have, or whatever. Have Retribution attack at the end or something and attack Drew at the end. That, that takes him oh away from my the feud. God. Orton has to win it because Ali has to beat Orton for the title. <laughs> Why? Just because I want it. 
<laughs> send your see, email to the headquarters there, Gordo. Send it I can see box. Brock being a reason there, but like, I reckon there's going to be someone comes out after this match and attacks one of them uh, to bring. Like I said, if Randy wins, someone attacks Drew, and that that's, uh, draws Drew attention away from the feud. Randy can move on. You don't need to have the rematch. You've done that angle finally. But either way, if Drew wins, then someone will attack him. So someone's attacking Drew either way. So Dobbs in Randy, just uh, no sense to all the matches between them if he doesn't. Yeah. Kind of what you were saying, Nick, as well. I don't know. Like This this, this had a perfect ending at the last pay-per-view with the, the ambulance match. That, that was just, it, like maybe not a perfect ending, but it was a, a storyline. It was a perfect ending. Plus, you already had two Hell in the Cell matches sorted for this pay-per-view. You don't need three. We've, they've only ever had two. Mm. Logic. So you're saying, Randy? Gordo? Uh, I, th- I think Randy, but I don't want it to be. I- I'm going to say Randy, though. Interesting. Um, I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's my professional opinion here. Uh, I- I'm sc- I've gotten so bored of this storyline that whatever happens, I'm just going to like, okay, Raw is a struggle to watch lately, and this feud is a large portion of my boredom on it. Um... Tack Drew, you say, Nicky, says Rian. I guess he's yeah, presumably he, talking retribution. Is that he posted the bad news Barrett meme? I think he's going to say. Didn't Drew. Didn't Orton injure Ali at Hell in a Cell last year? Don't know. This seems remember. like an eternity ago. 2019 yeah. was a decade ago, man. Uh, so let's move on to the real, the people's main event. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in an I Quit match in Hell in a Cell. I think mm-hmm. it's in a cell. I presume it's in it a is, cell. Yeah. It is in Hell in a Cell. For the Universal Championship. If Jey loses, he and Jimmy Uso have to become Roman's subordinates. I, 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 I don't know where you got that from. But it's I copied and pasted from a thing. Yeah, it's kind of the way he said it, but yeah, it's... He's like, he said basically in the promo, he's like, yeah, if, if I win, then you have to, you know, accept it and follow me and be admit that I'm head of the family and whatnot. Or else you're mm. out of the family. Okay, so two predictions, I suppose, here. Who wins the match and what happens with the consequences? Nicolas. Reigns wins because, yeah, this is the point of getting Reigns over as a heel still. Um and if they do it this way with him being with them being basically Roman's slaves, kind of, they could make that a storyline. Similar to the way, they've done similar things to that before. Question for you though, while we're talking there. Is Reigns actually a heel? When you think about what what he's actually saying, you know, he's doing the things he's doing for his family. Are you really a heel in this in the sense of, you know, being an absolute bad guy, a bastard man, when you're doing things for your family? I always maintain the best villains are the ones who have some in their redeeming own in their own minds some sort of a redeeming quality or their own justifiable in their own heads they can justify why they're doing what they're doing and you can understand why and you can understand the logic behind it like if you look I, I, I'll throw it out there Black Panther you can look at Killmonger and you can nearly you can see the rationale of why he was wanting to you know, reclaim his own father's honor and his own family's honor, and you, you know, there's a lot of redeeming qualities too. And I, I think even mm. out of the out of the Marvel universe, he for me was one of the. He, he never got enough recognition for how good of a character it was overall. Shouldn't um, have killed him off. They could totally bring him back as Black Badger. 
Anyway. Yeah, it would have been so perfect. <laughs> uh, and I'll find a way. They'll no doubt find a way, hopefully. True. Dead um, people have returned in fucking yeah, Marvel there, Universe. There, there'll be, there, there are ways they can do it if they wanted to. But again, he, he's a fantastic actor. But as a character, the layers they brought to it were fantastic. Um, so I think, to me, that makes Roman an even better heel. That when he's saying all this stuff, yeah, he's a heel. He's like hitting the low blows and stuff like that. But at the same time, when he talks, you get to just in his head, you hear what his justification is for him having to stoop to these levels. So I'm like, yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it anyway. Hmm. Well, what's your predictions then, Gordo? What's happening here? Uh, whew, I'm going to go a bit a slightly left field with it. Roman wins. Naturally. Okay. Jay, Jay refuses to accept him as his tribal chief. And in the weeks that follow, there's dissension between the two Usos because Jimmy is starting to feel the effects of no longer being recognized as part of the family. There's family members who are falling out with him, yada, yada, yada. And there's a little bit of... Can't even show promos. Usos to a point where, yeah, to a point where they're nearly kind of... Where Jimmy nearly needs to go groveling to Roman. And it's a handy way to bring Jimmy back in where he's getting a bit more screen time, but it's more of a talking and getting his name back out there until they until he feels fully back to 100% that can actually get a couple of matches under him. He could mm. like have AFA promos, Rikishi promos or whatnot, just saying like, yeah. you know, out of the That's family. Going to say. How, how it's putting extra strain on the family and all that sort of stuff. So they, they, I, I think I think Roman wins. I think Jay doesn't join, but I think that Jimmy will start to feel a bit upset with Jay for not groveling, basically. That's what I was going to ask, you know, would they bring in the likes of Hafu and Rikishi into the storyline? You know, I know they've done the video packages before, but are they, they're all based in the Florida area anyway, I think, aren't they? Isn't that yeah. where the family is based? Yeah. Pens- Pensacola, Florida. So like you could actually kind of incorporate them into the storyline and have them appear and really kind of open up the family wounds here. Yep. Could go, they could go really deep with this and it could be absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's already been fantastic, don't get me wrong. Hmm. But yeah, I assume Heyman is all over the storyline, I assume. I'd imagine, oh, so. yeah. And to be fair, it's something that you could see uh, his fingerprints on because it, it it's kind of, like I said, blurring the lines of reality and uh, and script, yeah. but in, in the best possible way. So when he's focused on one little thing, and he, he can do it quite well. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think it's clear and obvious Reigns is winning anyway. It's the consequences. I'm intrigued to see it. I'd like to see them, you know, almost like the um, Shawn Michaels JBL storyline from way back when. Kind of have that as being the kind of the, the the story coming out of Hell in a Cell, where the Usos reluctantly agree to, you know, accept Roman as their tribal chief, and have that go for a few months, and have them be almost like henchmen for Roman to the point of where they start not liking it, but you know questioning it more and more and getting them to a breaking point and then at that, that stage you can go with Gordo's storyline of okay well now they're quitting the family or one wants to quit the family and you can open it up so it's, it's a way of continuing it without actually having to continue it per se and it's an extra heel tag team on the on the roster as well exactly I, I just I copied uh, into the chat there the post, this is exact quote from WWE.com if the big dog emerges victorious Jay and Jimmy Uso will have to take orders and acknowledge Reigns as the tribal tree- chief or the Usos and their immediate families will all be exiled from the family. So they're definitely mm-hmm. dead. As, as Liverance says in the chat there, you don't create those consequences unless you're using them. Uh, you'd say that, 
Lockbox. What's in the lockbox? Okay, I think that's that kind of wraps up things. There's probably going to be another couple of matches announcing it in the meantime, but hopefully they don't do a very long show because uh, nobody really wants to watch long shows anymore. Plus, on the plus side, it's a bank holiday in Ireland on Monday, so no work, bitches. Well, yeah. I've, I've, I've a half an hour's worth of work I have to do. Ripsky. I won't be doing it till the afternoon anyway. So, so let's move on to the Wednesday nights. Um, AEW and NXT. Which one did you like? We'll start with AEW, I suppose, first as is tradition. Uh, we had the opening matches in the AEW World Heavyweight Championship Eliminator Tournament. Wardlow defeated Jungle Boy. Kenny Omega defeated Sonny Kiss. Ray Phoenix defeated Penta L Zero and Hangman defeated Colt Cabana. What stood out in the matches? Uh, I'll start off with the first one. Wardlow Jungle Boy. I know I kind of referenced earlier how big man little man matches. You don't kind of see the whole chopping guys down as much anymore. Mm-hmm. They done it in this one. Um, yeah, they did. Jungle Boy attacking the legs of Wardlow. He wasn't just focusing on one leg. He was trying to take out both knees. Uh, and you'd see like if Wardlow was down to one knee instead of going for a drop kick to the head. Jungle Boy instead was working the other knee to mm-hmm. try and completely take him down. Just simple little things uh, for two guys who are relatively inexperienced. I mean, Jungle Boy is fantastic, but he's still he's still learning a hell of a lot, and you can see the difference in him in the last mm. year. Um, yeah, I, I, to me that match jumped out. I uh, thought it was thought it was a really good match, really solid opener, a strong opener. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phoenix Penta just wow. Great match. That match fucked. Yeah, incredible. Um, obviously, stuff has changed since uh, due mm. to injury. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Omega Sunny Kiss, just to point out, this was supposed to be Omega versus Joe Jelly Janella. Nutella. But um, <laughs> yeah, Janella, shock horror, was exposed to someone who had COVID at an event recently. I wonder what? when that happened. Oh my. Um, so he had to get pulled from the show. So instead, Omega obliterated Sunny Kiss in around about ten seconds, much the annoyance of quite a bit of the internet. Now we had we have a, a note here from the sexy producer who says he saw two things, and above all, the Kenny and Kiss match. That Sunny Kiss had one thing to do and couldn't even do that. Watch the V trigger and tell me why Sunny Kiss is a contracted TV wrestler. So I saw that and think, geez, I don't, I don't think there was anything amiss with that, really. So I went back and watched it before we went on air tonight. And yeah, Sonny kind of ducks out way too early from the V-Trigger to a point of where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, now now that I see it, I can't unsee it. The, the contact wasn't exactly great. Yeah, you could, blow. yeah, if Corey Graves is on commentary, didn't quite get saying, all of it. Didn't quite get all of it. Uh, so I can see where Steve's coming from at that point um, and even with the tag matches that Sonny Kiss and uh, Joey Nutella has had on TV they're far from being a finished article both of them I think I don't really get Joey Janelle I've said it before I don't really get him per se I think he's a this sounds very harsh but I think he's a bit of a one trick pony and that he's you know he can do the sensational stuff and the extreme stuff and that sort of thing very well but if you put him in a kind of a a catch a wrestling, wrestling match he's going to get shown up yeah okay. uh, so uh, he's character he's very much character he's not in ring yeah but i loved the fact that one kenny omega got the ridiculously overly elaborate entrance 
Oh, that's um, great. Which Hang on, I have one issue. Amazing. I have oh. an issue with this. Why weren't people outraged about the ladies? Because they weren't in a dark, seedy room. Doesn't matter. They're wearing exactly the same as what the ladies in the dark, seedy room were wearing. They people were not outraged it. Yeah, people weren't outraged about this, but they were fucking outraged about the raw underground dancers. Well, I'll put this to Gordo. This segment gave me a lot of wrestle joy. I know, but people were very wrestle sad at the fact that Sonny Kiss got uh, destroyed in 10 seconds. It wasn't uh, wasn't very diverse and inclusive, and it wasn't the different programming that AEW promised us it would be Christ. before it was released. But I w- know, I'm, I'm throwing this out there. This is all stuff I read on Twitter. This is not my own thoughts, by the way. I Sorry. figured, yes. Yeah. I, I 100%, when I go into these sort of a tangents like this, I am 100% quoting Twitter people and not my own thoughts. But you're on Twitter, Gordo. I'm on Twitter to laugh at the at fucking the <laughs> dance. Yeah, follow me at the Human Onion. All it is is me talking about American football most of the time, so it's fine. But um, this is what Kenny needed to show that he's back serious, being a proper singles yeah. wrestler again. It, it, it's, it was perfect for him. Elaborate, over-the-top shows he's obnoxious about the whole thing, and he destroys, and then he backs it up by destroying something because yeah. really fast. And to be fair... He destroyed if, it worse than he destroyed the women's division. hey Oh. <laughs> Get back on Raw, you dirty bollocks. Um, I, th- I, I think this match went the exact same way. Will you stop playing that one, Nick? God damn it. Uh, this match went the exact same way it would have gone if Janela was there. I think the, it was still going to be V-Trigger, One-Winged Angel, match over. Yeah. Because that's what needed to happen. That's what it. The match complemented the entrance. The entrance complemented the match. And by God, next week we're going to get a great match when Kenny Omega goes up against Ray Phoenix because Ray Phoenix defeated Penta as 0M. (laughs) How rude. Uh, So yeah, Ray Phoenix did defeat Penta in a fucking classic match. And these two are long overdue a breakout kind of moment. And this was one of them, to be fair, for both stars. The story was being told in the match that... Uh, Penta was the stronger of the two, but Ray was kind of the quicker, more dynamic of the two. And it yeah. got to a point of where I think it was a head scissors that Phoenix did to Penta off the top rope, and Pen- and Phoenix kind of landed on his head. So it, it was a moment where you actually thought, okay, something has gone wrong here, and Phoenix is actually injured. Credit to Aubrey Edwards, who was refereeing this match, did a fantastic job in kind of getting in between and slowing things down and explaining to to the two of what's happening. It didn't to take away from the match and it actually kind of added to the match with how the rest of the match was booked so it looked like penta knew his brother was injured and was kind of distracted or taking it easy on him and that allowed phoenix to pick up the win with a destroyer and a destroyer fucking won a match a a misdirect destroyer i was like oh here we go transition move oh what that's a pain what that's the way it should be you know Dustin Rhodes, stop doing a destro- uh, destroyer. You're 50 years old. You should not be it's, doing it. Yeah, it's it's almost as bad as when Cena tried doing it that time and it ended up just being like the fucking code red. <laughs> and like, fair play. I, I, I appreciate people trying different moves, especially someone like a Cena who had done nothing. But like, yeah. guys, stick to stick to what you can do. There, exactly. No you doing all this stuff. Like, uh, But this match fucked. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the pop-up powerbomb, the, the, the flipping pop-up powerbomb yeah. uh, was red plus. Um, um, spoiler alert this is my match of the week I think it'll be very hard to put anything else ahead of it definitely um, off the top of my head I'm struggling to think of one mm. but yeah phenomenal so, 
Uh, Hangman Cold, it was fine. It was there. It done its job. Yeah. I I know it's done its job in just getting Hangman through and getting him another win, but God, I, I hate to say it, the glass has kind of gone off Hangman a bit for me lately. They're building him up again as yeah, the single star, so this match kind of had to go like this, I think. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, look, look forward to it. And I, I know he's ridiculously talented, but I just, I need him to have that moment that makes me turn around again and be like, yes, there, there he is. He's back. Yeah. You know, he, he's just, with all the tag team stuff, I just, I need that moment where he breaks back through again for me. You're potentially going to get that in the next couple of weeks because yeah. next week he's going up against Wardlow in the semi final of this tournament. Um, that, like you said, it's going to be a fantastic match because Wardlow's a big, strong guy. Yeah, now, the way this is tournament is going, it's going good. either one of two ways. Either both Kenny and Hangman get to the final and they have their match at full gear, or I think neither guy get to the final and they have a blowout match at full gear. Either way, I see Hangman and Kenny having a match at full gear. Yeah. Hi, Hangman, Hangman loses, then backstage before Kenny's match, Kenny cuts a promo about how Hangman just clearly couldn't get the job done and how it was obvious that Kenny was carrying him through everything. So then Hangman, uh, Hangman comes out and costs Kenny his match against... The, it's now Penta, not Phoenix. Because obviously Penta yes. has been removed due to injury. So then we get Wardlow against Penta at full gear. And then we get Kenny versus Hangman at full gear. And they are two matches that would fuck. Yeah. Mm. But who would so, you put for the title shot out of Penta, Penta and Wardlow? If, you have to go with Penta. Ed, if it's Kingston wins, then I want it to be Penta. Because then Kingston gets the fight against his best friend. So kind of the logic, like Gordo said, was the Phoenix won the match, so he should have progressed to face Kenny Omega, but it was announced on social media through a video, which was fantastically done between Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros, that because Luke, uh, Phoenix hurt his neck, he wasn't medically clear to compete, and that he was effectively asking Phoenix to give his shot to Penta. Again, logically makes sense. Don't know how uh, you know the rules will allow this, or the, the company would allow it, but hey, that's Free the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. and again it was Eddie Kingston being a fucking class promo guy making it out to say look at you know keep it in the family you know for all the right reasons this time Gordo not your reasons hey, but <laughs> they, um, you say many things about me but don't fucking don't even imply nothing <laughs> like that <laughs> you you were talking here about a few weeks ago when you were at a wedding and you were getting up with young ones that's, that's all I heard you, you were mad for the, the, the getting together at weddings yeah Normally when there's non-family members there for me to hate on. <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie Kingston was saying, yeah, like I said, that if Eddie defeats Moxley and becomes the new champion, that he wants to face his best friend, Penta. And the only way to do that is for Penta to take Ray's spot in the tournament. So this it all tied up in a nice, tidy little package. Um, so Bo, all four men progress to the tournament. you got Kenny next week facing off against Penta and Wardlow against Hangman. Fantasy book that, lads. I know we kind of I've given my kind of logic there, but what do you think? I reckon you kind of have to go Kenny Page for the keep match it, at full, uh, full gear. Keep it down the line, so. Yeah, let's go straight for it. And then Kenny wins more than likely to, to cut that over, get Hangman Page cut on the back foot, and then Kenny probably takes the title. And then you build Hangman up long term, and Hangman eventually pins Kenny for the title. Yeah. It's probably how they will go with it. Um, I do, I do like the idea of it potentially being the likes of a Wardlow and not winning it and getting a title shot because it's a chance to potentially 
you know, give him a good showing in a title match, then he's always seen as a threat. But uh, then it's they, another case of Moxie just beats another person that he's got to try him. And exactly. Beat. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, look, I didn't, I'm interested. There are a lot of ways they could go with it. The more common and logical one of kind of what we've been conditioned to is we're getting Kenny and Hangman. But at the same time, I also wouldn't be surprised if they do try and go completely left field with it. Um, so, yeah, fuck it. Looking forward to it. See where they go. Or you could go the opposite. Or kind of the one route that we didn't kind of uh, specify was that what happens if only one of the guys gets through to the final? So does Kenny screw Hangman or does Hangman screw Kenny? And, and they still then, get the match of full gear. Well, no, because if one of them progresses, then one of them will gear. be in the match. No, so maybe yeah. I, maybe yeah. Kenny defeats Penta, but Wardlow defeats Hangman because Kenny mm. screws Hangman. And you're kind of telling the story, but you're progressing or you're delaying the, the storyline progression. Yeah, could be. Like they're, they're the three options, I suppose. I, I like the straight and narrow one because it's just clean and it's you know sometimes clean is best. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you just put a towel down and just quick clean up at a mess like <laughs> um so speaking from experience right there <laughs> so before we get on to the rest <laughs> of the stuff the the most talked about moment of the show wasn't what happened between the ropes it was le dinner debonair um so you preemptively said this in the chat order that something had happened and that it had divided the Twitter folk. Now you did. watched? Did you watch it live? I did watch it live. What was your live reaction? Um, I'm going to throw this out there. I it wasn't for me. Um, I was absolutely fine with this segment and the comedy aspect of it, and the two boys going back and forth. Right up till the moment it broke out into song. Um. Then it just went too over the top for me to a point where I was like, okay. And I, I will point out, and I said this last night to you, I think. Part of it may be the fact that the show was so wrestling heavy up to that point. It took way too far of a left turn at this point for me. If it was a show where there was a little bit more comedy maybe already in it, I mightn't have disliked it as much. But it just went completely, no, we're gone. We're off over here now. And I think the whole show didn't recover. For me, from that point on, um, it also happened. I think after the four singles yeah. matches, yeah. So you had, like you said, it was very wrestling heavy up to this point, and then this happened, and it followed up with two other matches. Yeah, um, and no, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it was followed up by Britt Baker destroying your own Killing King, which it was such a squash match, and it was just generic. It was, it was a bad match to have, and that's to bring people back into wrestling, if you get me. Maybe if it happened after mm. the third match, then he come back into... Like, if they'd followed up that the Dinner Debonair would say Phoenix Penta. Would have got people back, back in wrestling mode. Pulled straight back in. Yeah. I think the mixture of position on the card didn't help it in my head. But at the same time, I just thought it went too over the top. Okay, take that out of it. So, or apply a different context. So, say uh, well, it did happen. Has a, Deliverance has a pre fucking prepared statement for us here on this. Oh, for the love <laughs> of. Hang on. Where's an essay? Jesus. Hang on now. Deliverance with his girtiness is after writing this up. So, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do him the honor of reading this. Um, Steve, you might need to edit this in advance. Sorry. Well, here we go. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to run with this. Uh, his girtiness writes. As a sketch, this was entertaining, humorous, and well done, but it doesn't belong on a wrestling show. Hell yeah. I've read many people tweeting, you believe in undead wizard zombie, but you'll shit on this. Yes, 
Taker's gimmick, as ridiculous as it is, serves the character as a badass wrestler. I don't need to say how much that has done for the wrestling business. When he shot lightning out of his fingers, we laughed, but we came away from a thinking Taker was still arrested and fuck you up. Even the goofy segment during Rumble 94 where he ascended to the rafters in the casket was dramatic and it made Taker feel like a big deal. This comedy musical segment served nothing but a few laughs from the fans. I'm sorry, but if you used to giving us variety show performances do not ultimately serve the wrestling matches on a wrestling show, you're the reason the business is not compared to how it used to be. Jericho and MJF are top guys in the company too. At least when WWE do ridiculous dance-offs and goof comedy skits, they do it with the underneath guys instead of making a mockery of their top talent. It was funny, but it wasn't wrestling, and that's why it fucking sucked. Ouch. That's how you really I, feel, Deliverance. You know, <laughs> I, I row in behind them on 99.99999% that, and I don't even know what the other 0.001% is. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree with them. It's, yeah, I, I just, I didn't, as I said, it wasn't for me. Um, and, and you're a person who uh, very much enjoys High School Musical. I do. I could probably, I could probably, I could probably sing most of the fucking soundtrack to that. Still off the top of my head. Uh, but I, Gordo, I, Gordo, we're all in this together. We are all in this together. But I wasn't in this with everyone else. I can tell you that. Um, Nick, yeah. what do you think? I, I thought it was great. It was a change. Like I like variety in my wrestling shows. I like it. pure wrestling, pure wrestling for wrestling. I love New Japan, and that's what pure it is. Just pure wrestling. But you, having watched all of the G One in the space of three days. Uh, you kind of you eventually get sick of just pure wrestling, um, and it, it's good to have a bit of a change. And this was different. I, I liked it. It was out of left the left field when they started going to saga. I was like fantastic, and I was bought in straight away. I agree. Getting back to wrestling afterwards probably wasn't. It wasn't a great mass after positioning on the show wasn't the best. But what I thought it was great. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Can I also just throw something very? Small out there, and it's an argument I saw on Twitter. So this is very small, is it? Is, is it cold? Oh, there's, not, there's nothing fucking small going on. If that's what you're implying, <laughs> not not quite deliverance levels, but it's still it's up there. Um, but one day arguments I saw from people was that essentially AEW when it came around was saying that this was going to be different, that they weren't going to be, they were going to be more kind of sports heavy, and they weren't going to be essentially buying into the entertainment aspect to the same level. This out, this went further than that the WWE have done in that regard. By you, the main event talents in that. So I think it goes against. So in the one show, you have that, and you have, uh, like, obviously, the women had three minutes worth of a match. You have, essentially, when you look from a diversity standpoint, you have Sonny Kiss getting destroyed in the space of 10 seconds. Other than that, it's a very white looking show there, guys. Yeah, like, the the way they've gone isn't what they've said. Exactly. Like, it isn't isn't what they'd said they wanted to go towards, but. It's what I like. This not yeah. not the the diversity, not lack yeah. of diversity. That's all. But you know yeah. the variety. I like variety in my shows. Oh yeah, I like it a bit. But I just, that's I think why we love OTT. OTT is the perfect example of this type of thing. They comedy down to a T. Always some comedies in their shows. Some amazing matches in the shows. That that's the type of thing I like. I like the variety. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, I like I like it. But I just think they didn't go. T- they need to go too far. I think this just went a bit too off for me. But look, at the end of the day. It was one thing in the middle of what was otherwise, with the exception of a spot that happened in the main event, a very good show. Which we'll get to. Fitz, your thoughts? I, I, I'm leaning more towards Nick's side of the argument here. Um, for the simple reason, and you kind of hit the nail on the head, AAW have always promoted themselves, not only as kind of being a more sports-based product, which I think they proved with the in-ring action in the tournament side of things this week, because I thought that was fantastic. But they've definitely kind of 
stretch the imagination in terms of the entertainment value they bring as well. Um, the argument was all over Twitter that, oh, if this happened on Monday Night Raw, you'd be given out about it. Probably not, because at least when AEW tried to do something like this, as goofy as it was, at least it was still entertainingly goofy. Whereas anytime WWE tried to do something goofy, it's usually just dog shit goofy. I will give them credit. I want, I want to give them credit just to kind of extend on something you said. If WWE done it, they wouldn't go all in on it. No pun intended. Mm. WWE wouldn't have gone as all in on it as AEW did. AEW clearly went all in, obviously making sure that they got use of the song, obviously to be able to parody it and stuff like that. They went, they done a lot of work to make sure they got this to the level it did. Um, but I'll also argue the fact of it's kind of telling that this was the lowest rated quarter ever tonight. Uh, depending on who you ask. Nah. Because Jericho put up to say that it got almost 800,000 viewers. Uh, it was the fifth highest demo for Dynamite as well. Um, they followed up, but that's the minute to minute kind of thing they were looking at, whereas the Observer said it was the lowest rated quarter out of the night, so it's hard to know exactly. Um, but I don't know, it's it's like Nick made a great point. I hadn't really thought, thought about it too much, but like one of the main reasons that we like OTT as a promotion is the fact that within the three, three and a half hours that you're there to show, you're going to get some of the hardest hitting wrestling you're going to find ever. You're going to get some of the greatest tag team kind of weird shit, high flying moves that you're ever going to see. But you're also going to get the comedy aspect of it and the lightheartedness of, of yeah. wrestling as well. And that's something that you don't often get with mainstream shows. I don't know off the top of my head when the last time I laughed at something so goofy on WWE product. I'm genuinely trying to think of it. And I honestly can't Last, think. Lastly, sisters? In, okay, when the last time they put on something that I was intentionally mentioning. Not ironically laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Could it possibly be, and I'm sorry, Steve, the Festival of Friendship? No, because that it was, was funny up until the that point. That was traumatic. Where it was yeah, funny. It was funny. funny. No, no, it was funny up until the point it became traumatic. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And the common denominator with both of these was le sex god, the demo god, le champion. Exactly. So uh, look, look, I, it's I, it's I, better. I, it's better than the SmackDown Women's Karaoke Contest. I'll give oh it God, that. yeah. And um, that wouldn't be hard. Yeah. But the. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it could have benefited from a different position on the card, but I don't know if I could criticize the segment based on that. You know, if you take the segment in isolation, ignoring everything that happened before and after, and just criticize it for being what it was, I think it was an above average. I really wouldn't have too much to complain about it. I didn't think it was the best thing that I've ever saw, but I, I did laugh out loud watching it. So that's all I can do, really. Is if did I enjoy it? Yes. Would I enjoy it if it happened again? hard to know let's just hope they don't overdo this sort of stuff yeah i I feel that's a one-off i don't think you go towards that or something like that for a good long while yeah so what else what you guys think i think uh antox post here says uh people are too insecure when it comes to wrestling not everything has to be wrestle 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 that's what AEW got criticized for in the beginning now that shit gets thrown in and it's like wrestling is dead no more of it um yeah it's it is what it is. Jesus, you need a break from the, the hard stuff every time. Uh, the fact that they had four fairly wrestling-heavy matches before, well, three and Kenny's match, you know, it, it was nice to take a bit of a breather. It would have been nice if they had something more wrestling-heavy when it came back to kind of... The contrast always enhances things. 
but I, I, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can understand completely why it split opinion, but I'm very yeah. much on that. I enjoyed it side. Even like the, the segment before the song where they were out rearing each other for the stake, I laughed at that too. I, I loved that part of it. Don't know. Again, I liked that. I think if they kept going that kind of vein for the whole segment, mm. I would be considering it one of the best segments of the year for me. Because uh, yeah. they're the top guys when it comes to that side of stuff. Um, oh, uh, actually, one takeaway I had from it, Jericho was gassed from lip syncing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, and he's also, the recorded player. vocals weren't great for a guy who's the leader in a, in a yeah. fucking band. MJF, though. MJF Thanks. was good. Yeah. But then again, he wanted to be an opera singer. Remember, he's, uh, was it Rosie O'Donnell he was on when yeah. he was a kid? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Dylan says there, if you wanted comedy, go watch a sitcom. Which is fair enough. You know, like, that's kind of, I think Nick said earlier, you know, wrestling, pure wrestling shows is your like, so you're New Japan, which is fantastic you i don't think anyone criticize new japan for that but again that's what they they do that's what they promote themselves as whereas AEW always promote themselves as a variety show pure pure wrestling and yano and yeah yeah no, don't, <laughs> don't, who, don't, who yeah, can don't, pure wrestle don't sleep on my boy yano so, um, so I, I will get that yano orange cassidy match if it kills me <laughs> so let's keep it moving there Britt baker defeated Kylan King was grand. Apparently, she that's Kylan sure King's thirteenth loss in a row, or something like yep. that. Yep, she's getting, she's getting Kurt Hawkins. That's a bit harsh because she's not that bad. A lot of people they use as kind of, uh, I would say, Kylan fodder, but you know, as enhancement talent on Dark are actually very good for the women's division and would actually help the women's yeah. division. Uh, no, and we need Dave, big swole. Big swole is where the future is at, lads. I will stop. Um, next week, they've announced the women's match. Well, at least one women's match anyway is uh Tecante versus Abaddon. So that should be it'll interesting. Be in, it'll be in the sixth quarter of the show. <laughs> yeah. And uh allegedly I don't want to spoil anything, but apparently uh Abaddon is out now with an injury after that match oh, at the hospital. They are not having any luck with their women's wrestlers. It was nice to see Chris Statlander actually on BT this week. See she's still around, so that's nice, but fuck me, they're having no luck with their women's wrestlers. No. Oh. Main event time, and there was yeah. a hugely controversial moment in this match where the Young Bucks defeated Private Party, Butcher and Blade, and the Dark Order of Rian's love child, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Gordo, you want to talk about the most controversial moment? Um, yeah, may as well. Um, fine match, a lot of fun. Uh, we had FTR on commentary, and I thought they were fantastic. On Why, commentary. Gordo? Because they were, calling out, they were calling out rules. They were just having fun. They were kind of shitting on the commentators a bit as well. They were just, they were too, and it was nice to actually hear them just be able to show a bit of personality. Something that we all know they have. They just never really had a chance of doing it. Um, just to throw back, just to speaking of commentary, Eddie Kingston was fantastic on commentary for the Ray Phoenix and Benta. Oh, yes. Zero M early, early yeah. as well. That man within shouting distance of a microphone is gold. Um could well be one of the best signings they ever make and i don't think i'm understating it by saying that i honestly think it could be that good even for just being able to help other guys with how they could give they can give yeah. their promos i think he could Sh- be shows how he's brought in for a one-off match uh just because he had some buzz online to now being in a title match at a pay-per-view he's like, made mm-hmm. in he, two months he is the perfect indicator of how you take the most make the most of one opportunity in the wrestling business um but yeah to this match um solid match 
four pretty solid teams. For the most part, a good bit of kind of tenure among a lot of them as well, with the exception being the private party guys. Um, but obviously, I have the likes of Matt Hardy on the outside as well there to kind of keep them along. But we reach a point where private party go up to do their, was it their Hardy party, they call it? The splash and the leg drop. And mm-hmm. we get the knee down right across the face of Reynolds. And it, wa- he is it wasn't even that. It was, if you watch it back, because I watched it back a few times just to be sure, he overshoots the leg drop. And it's actually his tie. The tie, is it? The tie comes straight down on top of the head. Yeah. Not good. Um, so, no way, no. It's remember when um, Masvidal knocked out uh, Askram. Oh, with yeah. The, the running knee, and Askram froze up. Yeah. And he went almost rigid. Yeah. When he was whatever medical phenomena he had at that time. Yeah. It was similar to this where you could see Alex Reynolds' hand was in the air and he was almost kind of frozen in time like that. Yeah. Right. And Rick Knox, the referee in this match, was fucking terrible. He should be shocked. Oh, shocking bad. Like we compared the difference between uh, this and what happened in the Phoenix uh, Penta match. As soon as Penta looked like he was injured, um got black on the again. What's her name? Aubrey, thank Aubrey. you. Was down was, to check on him immediately, all, all on top of make sure he yeah. was good to finish off say, the match. There was another point for that she probably needed to check on him though. Because at one stage she eats a super kick, and I swear he got kicked so hard he got fucking Shawn Michaels eye. But <laughs> 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 uh, well, leaving that aside, no, and this uh like you had a lot of guys here who were very tenured. Um he was out, as I said, nearly rigor mortis or whatever, fucking setting in on the lad. Uh the only person who noticed there was anything was Blade. And in that moment, all he done was drag his lifeless body to the corner and tag him out. Now, moving a, mod- a body that's unconscious like that is not the greatest. But at the, mm. same time, every- at the same time, I will defend him by saying everyone else seems so focused on getting their shit in, which involved Young everyone Bucks. running around the middle of the ring. Young Bucks being the main fucking culprits in this. Yes, 100%. Should they, after- immediately after this, I don't know whether he came in himself or whatnot, but they did another move with him. The knee in the corner and uh, was it a bulldog afterwards? Yeah. Nick Jackson did the, the knee in the corner and the running bulldog. Yeah. Um, this. He could barely move. The fact that there was no, like, what was the situation with a doctor? You have your ringside doctor. How was he not stepping in and dragging this guy out of it? Did And someone made the comment, I think, on Twitter, or was it in their XFL chat about how, why this is where JR is probably right and there needs to be a second ref keeping an eye on these matches where there's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Um, just someone keeping an eye out for shit like that, but somebody should be. Oh, come on. It was so obvious watching Same. it on TV that something happened. Yeah. Um, look, like he, I, how I, did Tony Khan not realize this and get in the ref's ear? Yeah. I said, look, fair, fair play to an extent that, uh, that Blade got him out of the way for his own safety because God knows what the hell would have happened if he was just laying in the ring. I don't even know if he did. And I, 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 I can't say for definite, so I won't say it as a definite myself, but I think that was just the plan anyway, that he was going to tag himself in via that mechanism anyway. Possibly. You could be, yeah. It's it's strange. It's... It took way, it, it's it left a sour taste from that match. Yeah. Um, and what was otherwise a very good match. Young and it's the second... The end. It was, it's the, it was it's good. the second time in the space of six weeks that they've had an incident like this. Yeah, yep. uh, but look, my Hardy is fine. It's good to see him. He was out ringside there after recovering from being fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, just so people aren't worried, apparently Alex Reynolds felt great when he was leaving the arena. That was the yeah. line that was put mm-hmm. in the Observer. Well, thankfully, they don't, 
there was a video of um, him walking backstage. So yeah. at least, you know, he was upright and moving and laughing and joking and drinking water. So, yeah, you know, well, you, you, worrying, we, but... exactly. We're not medical professionals in any way, shape or form. So at least it's nice to see that someone can move around like that so soon after something happened. But how do you yeah. not fucking realize that this happened? Yeah. Look, I, I genuinely is so confused by that. We, be, we just we better not see him involved in anything physical next week, because if they recorded the other show after this one, Mm. or even the day after it and he's involved in it that is even more fucking irresponsible there's no way that lad wasn't in some way fucked no yeah. I, I don't think he can um, um and, and to be if fair, they do that just scream sloppy shop go kind of taken away from that moment and going into the actual wrestling side of it <sighs> do, do, do we have to give props to to Rian's love child uh, John, John, John Silver was fantastic in this match and to be fair even when uh, Reynolds was in the match as well. Those two as a combo have some fantastic double moves. Their yep. their combo sets that they put together are fucking class. Yep. I would genuinely watch them in a match again, but maybe not a, pri- a private party again. I, it was an unfortunate incident, but again, it's a leg drop off the top rope. You're the person in control of that move. The person on the ground literally just doesn't move. Yeah. This was, and we've seen Private Party have botches before, and they know they're young, they're inexperienced, they're learning. These are mistakes you shouldn't make. We would, like, if Nia Jax did this, she could kill somebody, and we criticize her for the way she did it for so long. Private Party need a fucking slap in the head for for doing this as well. They shouldn't get away blameless from it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, it was bad. It was horrible. It was, kind of took the shine off what was supposed to be a big moment with the Bucks getting a number one contendership to face FTR but mm-hmm. now we have heel versus heel for the tag team titles shocking hooray well let's, why, let's why, see why, how it goes have, why did it have to go so convoluted I don't know but that's we can get to that closer too yeah uh, but it feels it feels a bit heel heel to me but it would be interesting to see the young Bucks have the number one contendership now so they have a chance to maybe rein them back a bit so yeah it'll be grand it'll be fun Okay, moving over to the dark side of Wednesday oh. Night Wars. Hey, uh, Lighting-wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. The Capital Wrestling Center, or whatever they're calling it these days. C-dub-C, baby! Um, started with a match that I had no interest in because of the person involved, but def- Kushida defeated Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa. The in-ring action was actually quite okay. And it yeah. kicked off really fast as well. I literally started straight away. Ding, 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 go match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the pace was quite fast in this match, which was good. But again, I'm just anything with with dream involved. I genuinely can't get involved with. Can't get interested in it. Same, yeah. Um, look, it's good to see Kushida get a win. But yeah, same. I I don't think I could enjoy this match as much as I want to because of who was in it. Yeah, everything I see of Velveteen Dream nowadays is like, eh. I hate even, to even if it's good, it's just. Could we not? He needs to go away for a while. Kushida yeah, a while. and I don't know Kushida, fucking Thatcher and Champa, or something. Mm. Even even if you want to still have Kushida beat Champa. And unfortunately, because of the way this match ended with Velveteen Dream using his cast to knock out Champa for Kushida to get the roll-up win, it's going to continue. So we're going to get more of this. Um, again, if the, if Nick is, was right there, if, if anyone had replaced Dream in this match, it would have been infinitely better. But the match itself, if you, if you take personal biases out of it, it was a very enjoyable match. It was good. I enjoyed the match itself. Just but, exciting about the bell. But with the asterisks. Yeah, yeah, it's a very fucking big asterisk too. Um, moving on then Ember Moon defeated Jesse Kamea 
my girl, my girl Amber. Establishing a new submission finisher. It's good. Yeah, what she is it? Is it... To, she doesn't always have to do the eclipse, so she's not going to be hurting her back. I Tell me, is this Paige's old submission? It's similar enough to PTO. Uh, Ember used to do it, and she used to call it the Red Wedding, if I remember correctly, back yeah. when she was on the Indies. Um, so I'm assuming she's going to have a different name for it now, like the Bad Moon Rising or something. But uh, yeah, look, all for it. Good to see her getting out there. She's changing up her offense in such a way that there's less impact on her, so she's not going to wear her body down too much. Mm-hmm. Um, she was still breaking out stuff like the the code breaker coming back out of the corner and stuff like that, which we saw her do in the tag match a couple of weeks ago. So, and to be fair, Jesse Kamea got some decent offense in as well. It was nice to see her getting a bit of a show. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't just all Ember. It actually, I think, I think both of them came out gaining a lot from this match. Yeah. It's great to see Ember back. God yeah. knows we needed to see her on TV again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, moving from Velveteen Dream to the next male match involving Austin Theory. And he lost to Bronson Reed. Twice. Twice. Yeah. And then quit. So next, the other team dream quit. And we're all good. Yeah. Um, anything to say here? Or should we just move along? Basically two squash matches. I, I don't know what the storyline are going with Austin Theory quitting. Hopefully it is just get him away again for a while until... I'll, probably get him away for a while until everything dies down and then bring him back because that's what they tend to do. But at least it might help a little. Um, hopefully mm. they'll give he's out doing actually will, you know, like they did with um, send him on some courses or something or some get him, get him, yeah, get him the sort of fucking shit cop out the there. fuck on yeah. Um, Legado del Fantasma defeated Swerve Scott, Ashante, the Adonis, and Jake Atlas. Uh, I believe this is a match fits for you. Spotted a particular clip where someone nearly died. Oh, this of of wrestling shows that involved bad spots where people got hurt. This was possibly the most stupid spot. Yeah. Because the other ones happened via accident in fairly innocuous moves. But I don't know who was doing the dive, but it was one of the boys from Legado del Fantasma was going to do a dive over the top where the announce table was. So it, you're already looking at a very small, confined space. And Jake Atlas was on the apron standing up. And whoever was doing the dive, I want to say it was uh, Mendoza. Mendoza. So... He decided to try catch him in the air and do a Spanish fly to the outside. And this spot did not fuck at all. This oh, spot was god awful. Atlas came down head. straight down on his dome. I don't know if he hit the ground, but I think he got kind of caught. I think he got okay. Yeah, I don't want to get it. But if this was on AEW, they would get crucified for trying sloppy moves. Yeah. Uh, there was just no need. If you're doing a move like this, do it on the outside where the, the ramp is. You've got infinitely more space, but they were compressed in there, so he tried to overshoot it, clipped his foot on the rope, and fell on his head. <sighs> Just unnecessary. No, no bueno. Too much. Um, but Phantasma won anyway, and I don't know if they're going to continue too much with the storyline. I think this feels like it's kind of over now. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, eh, I don't know. I, I I still think Swerve needs to come out of this with the title though. That was worrying. I always thought this was yeah. going to Swerve coming out with the title. Yeah. Or at least a title match. Unless they are planning on bringing Devlin back over and quarantine him for a few weeks before they bring him back into TV. But I don't see that happening. I don't think they can because all visas have been uh, paused. They're frozen, haven't they? Yeah. 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 So that's not happening. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I, yeah. I don't know. To me, it feels like an end to it. So let's see where they go. Yeah. Um... 
it happened, lads. It happened. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are friends. Yay! I love the story. I, I, I don't know why. It's just I really enjoy the story. It's the music. Like. It's the music, Nick. <laughs> and the whistling. So they defeated Everise. Uh, actually, no, they lost no, Everise because um, Killian Dane was in a, some sort of a submission hold. And Drake Maverick got a chair, came in and bet the living shite out of the two boys with a chair. And instead of making Killian Dane angry, Killian was delighted with Drake that he's eventually grew a pair of balls and acted like a man. So now they're able to be friends yep, because they're, they're both men. They have the music, they dance. Um, well, K- K- Drake dances. Drake dances. Dane looks like he wants to punch him, but nobody punches him but him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, look, it was fun. Again, we said we kind of liked a little bit of variety. This is a little bit of variety. Yeah. It is yeah. something different. And look, it's a chance for Dane to show a different side of him. And look, we all know how good Maverick or like, Splod is. That that yeah, man like this, got the gold mine of comedy. So look, like, they're gonna they're gonna make the most out of this. This is gonna be good. Yeah, this angle has showed more personality out of Killian Dane than he's ever had a chance to show before on yeah. TV on NXT or or yeah. WWE for that matter. Yeah, yeah, all for it. Yep, yeah, veins enjoying every bit of it. And again, they're two guys who've just seen to be well liked and well respected. So it's nice to see the two of them get a bit of TV time. Yeah, even I'm enjoying this one. And um, hate the music still. And I really wish ah, Killian Dane would shave his arms that, because be they segment. still disgust me. They'll make that a segment. They'd need to. I know they kind of already brought in the, was the Fury and the Furry or something like that? Yeah. Furry and the Fury, yeah. So they've already kind of acknowledged it. So hopefully that, it, it's repulsive. I can't say anything else, but it's just, God damn it, that man needs to shave his arms. See, uh, it's uh, Albert is over the, the PC, like, <laughs> so he just, he just loves the, the hairy arms and the hairy oh, back. God. He would know. He would know. Um, moving on then Xia had a backstage segment with um, Casey Catanzaro where effectively she said that she needed to win we still don't know why and we do, still don't know why Bo is involved or if the Chinese government are involved or something like that we still don't know we can only assume we can only make these wild speculations that the Communist Party are willing are going to kill her if she doesn't win a match we can only make these wild allegations please don't please don't listen to us or please don't spoil our votes um, but Casey Catanzaro won the match um, and Xia lost and Better up again after the match until Reina yeah. Gonzalez came out. Yeah, or Raquel Gonzalez. What's her name again? Ra- Raquel. Raquel. Name. Raquel. It was Reina. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. I don't get why she came out and destroyed everyone. But yeah, so she, she came out to destroy, destroy everyone. She, could, she wants to show Rhea Ripley she could fuck people up, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that was a great promo by Raquel. Promo. That was yeah. that was yeah. the first time I remember hearing her speak. In any sort of meaningful That's capacity. True, actually, yeah. It's normally mm. just having a line or two when she's arguing with someone backstage, but it's the first time she's actually promo promo I can think of. But yeah. I was good. very impressed by her. And I actually looking forward to seeing that match uh, next big, week. Big meaty chicks slack and meat. <laughs> I, no, we will leave that one there, Gordo, because yeah. th- there's many inappropriate things that could be said. Yep, oh, we, we actually forgot something the Ember stuff earlier. Dakota Kai attacked Ember after Oh yeah. She did that, that kicked her right in the head. They mm. they will they will have a burner of a match at some point. It'll tear chunks out of each other. Yes, sir. Then we got a live uh, Thatcher's Thatch Can exhibition in the ring between Timothy Thatcher and Andrew or Anthony or Antonio. It was, it was Anthony, but the the crowd decided it was Andrew. Ah. I think for Andrew, despite the fact it was actually Anthony. I think that's because Timothy called him Andrew. Yeah, I think he said his name wrong the first time and they can only just ran with it then. Just yeah, the it's a sign of disrespect or something like this. So he's teaching Andrew or Anthony a few submission holes, but he was putting it on a bit too tight for Anthony to, to get along with it. So he 
took his own leave and took down Thatcher and that caused Thatcher to want a match and then Thatcher defeated him by submission. It was fine. Yeah. Done the job. Yeah. Made Entertaining stuff. A bit of a badass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, um, I, I like the Thatcher's Thatch can segments. It gives Thatcher a bit of personality. Exactly. And it actually give, explains to people why holes do what they do. Yeah. Now, the underlying story being told in the entire show was that the main event was going to be Brizango defending the NXT tag team titles against uh, the Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Earlier in the show, Bobby Fish gets taken out. He doesn't know how it happened, but his knee is banged up. So Kyle O'Reilly has been cleared to compete. So it's going to be Kyle and Roddy against uh, Brizango. Then almost a segment or two before the main event, we see that Roddy's been taken out, knocked out cold. And Kyle was set with the proposition that, okay, Kyle, pick your partner and you can have your match. And Kyle's like, screw that. I don't want to have a match tonight. I'm going to the hospital with my boys. And he says, suggests that Oni and Danny should have the match because they uh, are the ones who lost out to the Undisputed Era. Oh, it makes sense so far. So we have the match and Brizango and Danny Birch and Oni Larkin are having a nice old match. Nothing overly spectacular, but not bad in any way, shape or form. It's quite an entertaining match. Until Oni Larkin is on the top, or until um, Fandango is up on the top rope and he gets pushed off the top rope by a mystery assailant. And Oni and Danny pick up the win with a nice double move. Off a low blow. Off of a low blow. So it was a dirty heel bastard move that caused them to win. And they are now the new tag team champions. But Gordo, who was the mystery assailant? Oh my. So the mystery assailant gets into the ring with his hood up and is wearing a a kind of a steel mask that's covering his whole face. Well, most of it, because he does have an abnormally large head. So the mask doesn't cover all of it. So we have a bit of a back and forth and the guys are kind of celebrating a bit and then he pulls off the mask to reveal it is in fact the man with a cannon attached to his hip. The man who almost made Adam Cole his bitch recently. The man who walked right in and nearly took over NXT single-handedly, Pat McAfee. <gasps> the bitch! It was him all along. Oh he my. Used the line. He used the line. Um, look, I'm all for it. The man, he caught a promo after it all went off the air. Oh, yeah, he did turn around and say, your new tag team champions, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. And that, my friends, is undisputed. And he'd done his, he kind of hammed up the undisputed thing, which he always does to, when he's taking the piss out of Cole. Look, I was all for it. The man can already talk better than 90% of the guys they have on mm-hmm. the roster. So, yeah, I'm all for it if it gets him back in the fold. And there's also the possibility of, do we have a potential UE versus McAfee, Lorcan and Birch, and a fourth inside War Games? War Games. War Games. War McAfee, games. McAfee and Cole are doing a Spanish fly off the top of War Games <laughs> if that happens. And Cole tell, episode 167, Remember, five minutes from the end of the show, I'm calling it now. They are going to do a Spanish fly off the top of the fucking cage if they are in war games together. Mystic yeah. Gordo strikes again. I'm all for it. Look, so that was it's... that was a great story being told throughout NXT. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And it all Look, made sense. I will put out, I got this spoiled on me. Uh, I, didn't I, I, didn't, live. I didn't, luckily. Thing was, I, I said I'd avoid Twitter for the day because I didn't <laughs> want to get out and spoil. So I was like, right, if I can't go on Twitter, I need to find something else to keep me going. You know what? Fuck it. With all the football coming up this weekend, I'm going to listen to McAfee's show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, all I hear is, oh, last night, 
I may have shocked the wrestling world. It's like, what? <laughs> what, what? What the fuck? It's like, quickly clicked out. I was like, well, it's fucking ruined now. I went back and I heard it all. Um, yeah, he said he's going to get into it in more detail over the next few weeks. But look, it's something different. It's someone who came into the to the industry as a whole and has actually properly immersed himself in it. He's not someone who's... He's not a flyby. He's not someone who's just coming in there for the fucking laugh, whatever. He's someone who's taken it very seriously and has a proper interest in it. Whatever the hell they're going to do with him over the next weeks, months, no doubt the man is going to buy into it 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was back, he was back in Indiana the next day to record his show, so he seemingly just flew in, recorded it, and flew back out again. Mm. Top so, guy. Yeah. Look, run with it. Something different. Something exciting. For a show that was otherwise very, it was fine. This added a hell of a lot of excitement to the end of it for me. So, job done. But Gordo, we're in a ratings war. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> do, 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 do. Thank you for playing that up for me. Uh, so, <laughs> our ratings as of last week were AW45, NXT11. And that's the ratings or score. And this week, AEW did 753 and NXT did 644 in the hundreds of thousands. So both down, I think, from last week. Yeah. Um, yep. Intriguing. Um, they, were up against, they were up against a lot of news stuff that was hyping up the debate that was happening on Thursday night, though. So True, 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 true. Nicolaj, where are you going this week? I am going AW. Uh, I enjoyed the show overall. Thought the, the qualifier match was really good. I enjoyed that the dinner to been air. Um and even the, the botches slash injuries in the matches didn't defer it too much. I enjoyed NXT too, but I just thought it, the highlights on AW were better. El Gran Gordo. Fuck's sake, I thought you'd forgotten about it by now. <laughs> um yeah, I even though I wasn't a fan of the dinner debonair and I really loved the ending of NXT. Um, I think that first hour of AEW was fantastic. So I would give it to AEW, but I thought NXT was quite strong this week and that ending fucked. Intriguing. I was genuinely surprised. I thought Nicolaj was definitely going to give NXT this the vote this week with the way it went with the main event. Um, but the mark is staying with AEW. I'm going that way cause to, mainly for the, the Phoenix and Penta match. Um, yeah. Did or never it was good. I don't. It wouldn't have swayed my vote uh, either way. But just the, the wrestling, I much more enjoyed on AEW this week, which was surprising to me. Uh, so yeah, that makes it AEW thirty one, NXT twenty five. Time to take it away, baby, the, lads. Yeah, of the last one, two, three, four, six weeks uh, between the four of us, only one of us has voted for NXT across uh, once across the last six me? weeks. That was me actually. Oh wow. Hmm. No, that has and, to be the longest streak I've ever gone on voting for AEW. <laughs> Stats Talks makes a great point here. Uh, people were talking more about Le Dinner Debonair than anything on NXT. Yeah. So even though it Number divided opinion, it got people talking. It's provocative. Nobody knows what it means. There you go. Uh, hey, Gordo, where can well, people gotta, find us? Well, no, first of all, we're not going to go best worst. Oh, yes. So, Gordo. I'm it up just yet. Gordon, what was um, your best match of the week? Best match? It's got to be Phoenix Penta, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, well, if we're counting the last week to also include the G1, uh, it might be different. Gotta, but I haven't seen G1s. So. Okay, I, I'll say nothing then. Uh, the G1 was very good uh, overall. I'll just say that. I enjoyed yeah. it. 
and are announcing the participants for the Best of Super Juniors on the 2nd of November. Ooh, Ooh David Starr. Can't wait for that. <laughs> but Lol. I would also weigh in with Wayne Gordo and go uh, Phoenix Penta for match of the week. I think that takes us uh, worst match. Take your pick. Uh, Which women's match on Raw? I was gonna. I was actually gonna give an honorable mention to Strowman Lee because I don't know what it accomplished mm. for either of them. Yeah, I'll go with the the multi woman tag match on Raw. I I hated that with a passion. Yeah. Um, think, best yeah. segment I think is an easy one for Nick. Well, clearly Chad Gable no longer being Shorty G. That's I, I that's segment of the year. I I to be honest with you, I think we'll just call that segment the Chad Gable segment from now on. Yeah. <laughs> It has been decided. Yeah. Um, Gordo, I don't think you want to criticize or nominate anything else. Um, no, but I'll give I'll give another mention just of how happy I am that McAfee is back in the fold because I look forward to seeing what they do with something different. But yeah, no, um, I'm happy to see Gable being Gable again. Worst segment of the week. Hmm. Oh, can I can mm. I go for the dinner dip in there? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let to tie in what you can, but I'm not going that way. No. Uh, I'm gonna tie in with what I've been saying for the last few weeks and probably go Mysterio stuff. I'm still not. I'm gonna say my debut. I'm. I'm gonna go with the opening of Raw, Retribution yeah. Fiend Hurt Business. Yeah. Again, what did it accomplish? Yeah. That that hurt everybody yeah. in that segment. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, literally, no, I picked that instead. Yeah, it, it was yeah, stupid. Good job, Fitz. Good show. Uh, wrestler of the week. Um, Who tickled your fancy the most? Not John mm. Silver. Fuck off, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Eddie Kingston, even though he didn't wrestle. He didn't. Re- <laughs> I don't even give it to Eddie Kingston. I can't. I know you can't, Cardo. No, his his work in that promo with Phoenix and fucking Penta afterwards, and him on commentary were the most two of the most interesting things I've had. So fuck it, I'm going with Eddie Kingston. You're you're wrong, but okay. I'm not wrong. Fuck you, Ni- Nicolas. Oh, I don't even know. I'm just looking through the matches for the week, and nothing really overly stands out. As See, Eddie Kingston. Way. Fuck it, I- Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I'm going to go for Penta. Even though he lost that match, technically, I thought he was fantastic. Oh, oh no, yeah. Uh, sorry, Rhea does it right. El Greg Gordo. Who's that now? That's my wrestler of the week. But who is El Gran Gordo? That's the mystery. It's like know, evolution. It could, be, it could be anyone underneath a mask. That, like, and Gordo. Or other people have worn. Let's send this baby home the right way. What a plug. Hang on, I just need to take a little sip of me, Tony. Oh, that's good shit. I'm on the Club Mel Chardonnay tonight, boys. Ooh, he must got paid. Uh, no, uh, when Aiden stayed up for a couple of weeks, he bought myself and the lads drink each, so he bought me 16 cans of it. Fool. Yep, uh, he bought the boys like bottles of whiskey or whatever, so he bought me 16 cans of cider, because he knows, he knows that I'm a cheap date. Um, but yeah, if people want to get more of us at the Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you can get us on all your favourite podcast apps. So you'll get us on your iTunes, Google Podcasts, on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening now, you're going to get us again next week. Um, if wherever you're listening has some sort of a rating system or a like system, make sure to give us an L5 star or a positive you know, like or whatever on there because it helps us when it comes to the search algorithms. Uh, also, you can get us on the Wrestling Soup Network with a host of other rest, uh, 
podcasts, including the Wrestling Soup Boys themselves. Um, so make sure to check them out at WrestlingSoup.com and also check out their Patreon. Uh, when we're talking about the world of Patreon, uh, the, own pa- the Patreon I've been using the most myself the last couple of weeks is from the guys over at Break the Apocalypse. Um, it's just three guys sitting down, shooting the shit about everything that's going on in the world. And just trying to talk their way through what's going on in the apocalypse. Uh, so make sure to check them out. It's Break the AP on Twitter. Their content is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, a lot of love to those guys. Uh, also, a lot of love to our brothers at Canvas Theory, www.canvastheory.com. Make sure you use the promo code AWP for Alleged Wrestling Podcast to get 10% off your entire order. Uh, obviously, still currently shipping to the US. And with eventually, whenever the fuck the world goes back to relative post COVID normal, it will be in Europe too. Uh, other places you can follow us. You can get us on Twitter. It's at 2 Wrestling. Our DMs are always open. Don't be afraid to slide in. Slide right in there nice and deep. Like, join us. Have a bit of a laugh. We try and live tweet and just have a bit of as much fun as we can on there. You can also get us on YouTube. Just look for the Alleged Wrestling Podcast on there and you'll find us. We have clips from our, both our streams and also our podcasts up there every week. Uh, also, also be uploading the, uh, the B-shows. All the yes. shows in the next coming weeks as well. I have one ready to go. Yep. So, yep. Make sure to check us out on there. Uh, obviously, make sure to follow us on there as well. And uh, speaking of follows, make sure to follow us on Twitch uh, on there as well. We're also the Alleged Wrestling Podcast. It costs nothing to do, but it will help us uh, eventually get affiliated and stuff on Twitch. So, please make sure to follow us on there. Um, we played the likes of Fall Guys, Resident Evil. We're going to be adding more and more games on there over the next couple of weeks and months. So, yeah, that's it from us. So, Gordon, before we wrap it up, we, we need to know um, how long is your deal with the Monday Night Raw? Well, look, let's just say I had been in talks with a couple of different companies. Um, I kind of had a handshake deal done with AEW, but then Vinnie Mac came in and basically backed the Brinks truck up and made me an offer that was more money than I'd ever seen before. That NXT um, UK deal, yeah. Yeah, look, look, all I'll say yeah, is... fit right in. <laughs> look, it doesn't matter what I do, my extracurriculars... Once there's no proof of it, I get away with it. And and on that note, I think it's time to say goodnight, uh, Joe. <laughs> goodnight, Joe. Goodnight, Joe.